Hello, Mark. It's another episode of True Business Stories. Uh, as I've said before, we're really enjoying our podcast because we're meeting people that we've never met before. And, and some fantastic businesses too. Oh, absolutely. You know, my old saying, I keep repeating it, the best kept secrets around. Um, but just this morning, Mark, you and I attended a breakfast and one of the things we were talking about was uh, why, where's, think, where's business going in the future and what's the next big thing? And I think the conclusion at the end of our group discussion this morning was, well, we really don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Because we, as we said, uh, we we wouldn't have been having a discussion about chat GPT or AI two years ago. So what will we be talking about in business in another two years? So, Bill, we're sitting here today in the offices of LandServe Environment. Um do you want to talk about our guest? Yeah, good. It's a pleasure to be here today with Damien, Damien Chappell, who is the Managing Director of LandServe. Thanks, I, Bill and Mark. It's yeah. good to be here with well, you. Well, we've come across you on a few occasions, Damien, around the traps and at various business networking uh, groups, in particularly in the Geelong area. But uh, Damien is, as I say, the Managing Director of LandServe, and LandServe is an environmental I guess, land management business, but I'll get you to describe exactly what is LandServe. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, um, Bill, we're, um, we're mainly focused as contaminated land assessment consultants, um, but um, inevitably our projects are multidisciplinary and so we sort of cross over into construction projects uh, road and rail, um, new schools and um, um, due diligence for buying and selling property and preparing those properties for sale, um, but uh, covering off environmental risk assessment, hydrogeology, uh, construction environmental management um, and environmental approvals as well. And then we work on landfills and um, landfill gas risk assessments and so on. Which is a huge issue with the way that the environmental laws are changing and our responsibilities, particularly under the ESG scenario these days, which is environmental, social and governance. And a couple of weeks ago we interviewed a builder in Geelong, you might know Russell Malashev from Malashev Homes. Yeah, and we're, yeah, we're, yeah, We were talking about uh, costs of building and why some of these home builders are going and just as just a small point in the environmental issue... Uh, and he said what my, a lot of home buyers don't understand is the cost of setting up the land before you even build. Yeah. And, you know, mm. it's how many times have you've come across uh, people who are building a home or even building a factory or whatever it is, and they start digging and God only knows what they find. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, something that you, you can't always see it um, just looking across a a paddock or uh, you know an old industrial property you can't always see what's below the ground and um, so you know often we're trying to predict what we might find just through doing desktop investigations and um, and searching um, registers for for you know previously registered uh, service stations or you know dry cleaners and so on um, so we do that we do that desktop work to help us understand where we should go looking when we start drilling or um, and sampling the soil and the groundwater. Yeah. 
So Damien, here we are today. So where did it all start? We, we've been asking people where they went to primary school, but I'm going to say, where were you born and where did you grow up? So, uh, Yeah, well, I was born in Loxton in South Australia. And um, the fact that we moved around quite a bit as children, um, I have an older sister and a younger sister as well, um, is probably due to uh, following Dad's career um, as he worked for... Um, eventually worked for the Soil Conservation Authority in Victoria. And that was an organisation that sort of then evolved into um, DELP and the Department of Environment and had many name changes uh, over the years. But um, Dad had a a 30-year career um, as an ag scientist and um, uh, essentially as a soil conservationist or a land management expert um, with... with, um, that department and um and so um we moved around quite a bit with with dad's career and then eventually he retired and started land serve in 1994 so it was um my father's business and my um my mum sue chapel and uh andrew chapel that were, were directors at at various times um and by the time um I wanted to start a new, my own new environmental business in Geelong. Mum and Dad had retired, um, but they owned the Landserve company, and um, which wasn't active at the time. But it was an opportunity for me to, rather than start afresh with a new business, to take over the the name of the family business and keep it running. That's cool. So yeah, I'd say that well. Uh, as we say, we normally ask about where did you go to school. So where was your main schooling done in, second, say, secondary college? Yeah, um, so I grew up, um, as, a, as a kid, I grew up in, in Nearham South in Gippsland um, on, a, on a hobby farm with um, a lot of mates with dairy farms and motorbikes and horses around and so on. Um, and then... Uh, when I was 14, we moved to Bendigo. And so as a teenager, I grew up in Bendigo and um, I have really fond memories of growing up there. Um, you know, you could go anywhere on a bicycle or, or walking distance and, um, and it was pretty free and easy. Um, and by the time we went to um, the senior high school there, which only operated years 11 and 12, and I think it still does, the Bendigo Senior High School. Um, it was essentially a bit like a university in that, you know, we, we just had casual clothes and a, a, a fair bit of freedom to, you know, walk outside of the school grounds and, um, and do our own thing. And, the, and uh, the good part about that was that we had... Um, it was up to us to, you know, succeed at school. And so by the time we did actually go to university, it felt like we'd already been at uni for a couple of years. You know, we were quite, I think we were quite mature and, um, you know, we'd had a good country upbringing. And, but, you know, I really enjoyed growing up in a, you know, a, a large country town or a small country city, whatever you want to call Bendigo. And um, so that later in life influenced um, my wife Anne and I to... Um, 
to move to Geelong and, and move the kids I to see Geelong. And you also here. graduated yeah. from a Bachelor of Applied Science in, in, in Geology as a major, is that right, at yeah. RMIT, I think it was? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and um, particularly in the early days of the environmental industry, a lot of geologists and geological engineers and geotechnical engineers ended up in the environmental industry. And um, so... One of the motivations for that is um, that if you um, if you do graduate as a geologist and go and work in exploration or mining, then you can expect to have a, a career in some remote place, um, you know, in northern or central Australia, western Australia, and and I actually did that. I spent a couple of years in the Pilbara um, working for one of Joseph Gutnick's companies, uh, exploring for diamonds and gold and so on. Um, but, uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before a lot of us wanted to uh, move back to, to civilization, And the way to do that was to evolve your career into, you know, environmental and contaminated land. So what was your first job? Uh, my first job after uni was um, an old BP refinery in Port Melbourne um, near Prince's Pier. And it was, um, at the time, it was a large contaminated site remediation project. It was called the Bayside Project. And um, so it involved cleaning up an old BP refinery and, and uh, turning it into apartments, and it's now Mervac Apartments. And so, yeah, at the time, you know, it was, I think, a $20 million cleanup project, um, which was huge at the time, but, uh, you know, it's relatively relatively commonplace these days as, as um, you know, the budget for a clean-up. Yeah. And what, what got you to, to look at setting up your own business? Because obviously soils are in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> so what, yeah. what was that point where you go, I'm going to run my own business and, and take over Landserve and make it happen? What was the... Yeah, um, so um, it was probably sort of born from opportunity but also frustration at commuting from Geelong to Melbourne and um, so the opportunity side of it was that um, I worked for uh, a company with about 100 employees up the east coast of Australia and um, quite a few of us had some ownership of that company and we were purchased by a global engineering firm and um, and it gave us the financial means to set up new businesses and so that was the opportunity. Um, I continued to work for the, for the American company that bought us for uh, almost a year. But then I didn't have any support from management to set up a Geelong office. But I knew that commercially setting up a Geelong office in this, in this field would be successful. And, um, and so I just took the plunge then and... Um, and uh, started, um, well, effectively relaunched Landserve in 2007. Um, so, yeah, and uh, once I stopped commuting to Melbourne on the train every day and back, I realised that, um, you know, by the end of the week, I effectively had 25 hours a week of extra time in my life. And, and um, you know, it feels like you can achieve a lot, you know, if, well, you, that, if you're saving Mark, that Mark, we heard something this morning, didn't we? The, yeah. the whole issue about working from home, for instance, in, today, yeah. in today's environment is 
and the arguments are against travel and everything. Mm. And we heard of a particular company in Geelong, a large employer in the, in the, in the town, that had a fire alarm go off just recently. And the fire brigade turned up, and this building probably would, should have had, what, four or 500 people in it? At least. Yeah, uh, what happened? A dozen people came out the front door. Really? So where yeah. were the rest? <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you uh, resurrected Landserve, how many was you and how many others wandered uh, in? Well, yeah, it was really just myself, but the whole way through, my wife, Anne, has been... Uh, you know, tremendous support and um, has helped helped a lot with um, establishing and running the business through the years. Um, so, you know, working with your life partner has its uh, challenges, but we've we overcame those, and um, so everything runs very smoothly now. And and Anne is always um, she's really had two roles. She's been um, accounts payable, receivable payroll, and really the financial controller of everything. Um, but also, you know, she's the hard-nosed decision-maker because I'm generally a big softy and so... <laughs> don't say that um, to her. Mark, Mark, I think, Damien just does this told. So <laughs> I, I think that's what it's about. Well, well, yeah, I mean, suffice to say that Anne's been a great support the whole way through, but it just started with the two of us and um, um, so I had to set up all the management systems myself um, and, and get on, um, I knew getting on the state government panels was really important yep. and started to progressively do that. It took me six months to win my first job um, and um, probably didn't get a paycheck for eight months. And then um, probably uh, one year in, I employed my first uh, employee. And um, so that was Justin, a, a very capable environmental scientist, and um, and it went from there. And so now there are uh, ten of us, but um, you know, sort of fluctuates anywhere from ten to th- ten to thirteen or so people, depending well, on the jobs yeah. and what you need. And yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. talking about staff and ma- management and that is, uh, you want to explain Leaf to us, to your uh, audience. Now that's that could be challenging because uh, yeah it's you, one of those. You better explain what the overall <laughs> okay thing so uh, lifestyle um, experience experience advancement and family. Yeah. So thanks for helping me out with that. But yeah, I've done my homework. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I should have done mine. Um, but look, you know, probably lifestyle is certainly um, the, at the forefront of. Um, the way we operate and so you know we also have a, um, a working from home policy allowing people to work from home two days a week if they want but if you look in the office today you'll see that virtually all of us are here and um, there's a couple of us that will be out doing field work mm. and there's a couple of part-timers but um, the, they come in of their own accord because they you know we enjoy the camaraderie um, the collaboration of working as a team on Fridays we'll go out to lunch and um, and so on and um, and today you'll probably see you know Sonny the dogs out there yesterday Billy the dog was there <laughs> as well and so you know um, people actually want to come into our office and I think you know I really hope that you know, that's a credit as to the, to the way we work and um, and of course a lot of the, the people who work for us, 
um, live in the surf coast or, or locally around Geelong. And um, <clears throat> if, if they didn't work for us, then they'd probably be commuting five hours a day to, to work for a Melbourne firm, you know. So, um, so that aspect of lifestyle um, really, really gels for us. And we, we want to promote it, but we just want to also, um, you know, make it a priority for everyone that no one's getting burnt out. Everyone's working sustainably, and uh, and then in terms of experience, um, there are things that we we can't offer that you know a global engineering company can, and so we don't immediately have access to the suburban rail loop and those sorts of things. But we really do punch above our weight, and we um, we've often got opportunities to work on Commonwealth Games projects. Uh, rail projects, road projects, and so on. Um, and and at the other end of the scale, though, um, being a small business, the experience that our engineers and scientists have is that they um, can get involved with uh, um, right from a fee proposal stage to delivery of a project. So they get a really holistic experience of um, communicating with the client, managing the project, um, doing all the invoicing, sorting out the laboratory and the flora fauna and the cultural heritage, and um, so so they get they get to um, be involved with all aspects of a project, and then the advancement is just you know um, a uh, a commitment to pursue um, a career path for everyone who's here, and the, there's a genuine career path and annual goal setting and so on. And then family is always really important. So we're a family business, of course, but, um, you know, we recognise that everyone who works for us has got their own family and um, and we want to make sure that they're um, a part of it and that they get to grow up with with their kids and that they're not having to work weekends and so on. And that's a lot easier, Mark, yeah. in a town like Geelong or Ballarat or Bendigo, particularly if you're bringing up younger kids... Yeah. Because the the sporting activity, I know since we've come back to live in Geelong, the uh, having come from Melbourne and living in Kew and having to travel all over Melbourne and uh, your Saturday's gone following kids at sport. The beauty of these towns I mentioned is that everything's within 10, 15 minutes yeah, of each exactly. other. Yeah, It's so a great it's, place to, yeah. to bring up a family, isn't it? So, yeah. so a question we, we, we ask, ask people is if, if we went out and surveyed your folk at, in the office there, how would they describe your leadership style? I remember they probably listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a really good question, isn't it? Um, well, um, I, I'd, I hope that they would see me as someone who leads by example. Um, and I hope that they would recognise that... Um, you know, there's there's situations when I try to um, put them first and try to um, bring them into the game, if you like. Um, and and I suppose uh, it's easy to sort of make a football analogy, but you know, I think that the the best football captains are the ones, not the ones that kick the goals. They're the ones who set up the other players so that they can kick yes, the good. goals. Very good. Very yeah. good description. That's well, cool. and that combined with your leaf terminology, I think fits very fits well. Fits very well. Doesn't it does it? fit very yeah. nicely. It's very yeah. cool. And how, yeah. how hard is it to get 
specialists in your field then? How is to get the scientists and the... Yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy at all. Yeah. Um, look, I think what has really worked well for us is to employ people at the graduate level or people with one to two years experience and to build them up and train them up. Um, and the other thing that's worked really well is I've got a, a couple of absolute guns who are very experienced and senior who've been, uh, you know, the core the core leadership team for us. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I've got a terrific business manager, Sarah Dowling, and, uh, and two um, senior um, coordinators, one for Melbourne, one for Geelong. And so those guys, Ryan and Andrew, uh, um, have been with me for um, many, many years. I can't <laughs> remember exactly yeah, how cool. long. Um, and, but, um, what does happen though, is that we will train people up, you know, any starting with one year, getting them sort of four to five years under the belt. And then they're, um, getting poached and tempted to go and work for, you know, particularly for a couple of global engineering firms that are repeat offenders that come and take my staff. <laughs> Thank you for training them for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you know, um, the, the only thing that uh, helps, me, helps me not get upset about that is just that they go on to good careers and that, um, that we can feel proud of um, making them, you know, really good, well-rounded consultants. That's cool. Yeah. I remember a saying, I think it was from the head of IBM many years ago, mm. and someone asked him, why do you spend all this money training everybody when they might leave? He said, well, just imagine what would happen if I didn't train them, <laughs> uh, mm. which I think is that. But just another question for me is um, how is how has the changes in IT and technology affected your business and obviously enhanced it? Mm. And do you think... That, that the way that we're seeing all this new artificial intelligence, it, do you see that impacting on your business? Yeah, um, well, to answer the second question first, uh, um, yeah, look, I, I don't quite know what to think of AI um, and I'm not, uh, not really um, switched on to how it could could um, help us um, I, I feel that uh, what what works for us is is quite sort of organic and and grassroots um, you know that we, we we're sophisticated and and we deliver really complex environmental reports and we're good at taking a complicated uh, environmental s- solution or scenario and and describing that in a in a report in a way that our clients or anybody can read and understand, and um, so so that's really core business for us. Um, and environment is such a broad field that it's um, AI is probably another example of where a global engineering firm would find um, you know really. Uh, a, a really sort of uh, sophisticated use for artificial intelligence, but but for us, um, you know, we just do a good job, and and we and we you know we know our regulations back to front. We um, we deliver 
we deliver the, the, the site clean up uh, really efficiently and on time and on budget. And so we're reliable, accountable if people come to us. And so, so yeah, look, um, and it's also, it's also um, our industry is a combination of, of being, um, you know, clever scientists and engineers, but also we've got to keep our feet on the ground and so by comparison to lawyers and accountants, we're, we're actually physically out on site and we're collecting soil samples and groundwater samples and we're directing the earthworks and that sort of thing. Well, that's the hands-on experience that it you is. can't replace. And some yeah. will say that AI will do it. Mm. But we interviewed Jeff Hutchinson from Barwon Drones recently. Yeah. And when you look at yeah. what he can do with artificial intelligence with these new drones... Yeah. It's amazing, you yeah. know, what happens. But I do agree with you, having been involved in some food companies with environmental issues, that a lot of it is about knowledge and and meeting yeah. regulations. It's yeah. that's the biggest thing for for private business who are, have any environmental concerns. Um, it's I think one of the challenges of the future. There's no doubt about yeah. that. So, yeah, Damien, so where, where do you see Landserve in about five years' time? Looking in the crystal ball, what's your, yeah, what's look, your vision? Uh, well, I've always found that tricky because, um, you know, we've had varying levels of ambition over the years and um, we've probably, I'd say we could narrow it down to two false starts in terms of um, wanting to build... Um, build the platform to expand, you know. And um, so at various stages, you know, we have set ourselves up with, with um, uh, you know, computer networks and, and um, all the resources that we need and the insurances and so on and the employees to um, take the next step of expansion and, and grow. Um, but, uh, you know... For various reasons, such as COVID and um, and um, not being able to find new staff, you know, we haven't been able to springboard off and grow to the next level. Um, and um, if you if you can reconcile that in your own mind as a business owner and managing director, then um, and you're not losing any sleep about that. It's actually really um, it's really nice coasting along <laughs> with 10 or 12 people um, and everything's running smoothly. I've got a great crew. We haven't had much turnover recently, <laughs> touch wood. Touch wood. Um, and, um, and look, it's, a, it's, you know, I feel that we've all got a good work-life balance. Uh, well, unfortunately, a lot of uh, small to medium enterprises... Mm come unstuck because they chase growth and that's yeah. all they're interested in. Yeah. And we've seen only in the last week the demise of a major IT home delivery service company yeah. where people poured billions into it mm. and a lot of high-profile investors mm. and it was all about growth but to survive they had to grow and grow and grow and grow mm. and it's just not possible. COVID changed all that yeah. and I think your, your comment is wise because... You know, you don't need to chase growth if you've got mm. what you've got properly structured and organised. Yeah. And you've got a great reputation in, in mm. 
inch along with what you do. So yeah, thank you. If I that hope, ticks I hope along nicely, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the main thing. So, yeah. Damien, how do people get in touch with you? What's your website? www.landserve.com.au. Uh, that's uh, serve without an E on the end. Yeah, I always have to say that on the phone yes. as well. So, L A N D S E R V. So, to make it clear. .au. And yeah. you're happy to hear from people and answer questions and. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, uh, we just take it in turns to answer the phone here. <laughs> yep. And um, but you know anybody anybody in the office uh, is either capable of um, working out your problems for you, or or they can um, or you can talk to me directly. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Damien, thank you for your time. A great great story. Thanks very much, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Damien. And we will yeah. forgive you for barracking for Footscray. I still call him Footscray because I'm, a, I'm an old Footscray man and, of course, now I'm Geelong. Uh, so we won't hold that against you. And thank you for allowing us to come and talk to you today. Thanks very much, guys. Right.